It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Here we are. Thanks for being with us. Coming along for the ride home. Hump day, especially uh, wrapping it up. All downhill from here, we're now on the back slide as we head towards a Pirate football weekend. ECU and Campbell, 6 o'clock from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Looking forward to the 1-1 one one Pirates and the 1-1 one one Camels. Mike Houston, uh, and we'll get more from Coach in our Pirate Report, but an early look, a first look, as they say on the network, Coach Houston, saying, hey, we can't take this crowd lightly. They're a good football team. Uh, I could care less which classification we are. They are. They're a good football team, and that's the big thing. Uh, you know, we've got to have a great week of practice. We're going to get a little more uh, later on, not only from Coach Houston and our pirate report from our guy Jay Sonny Sunhalter. Sonny will be along. He will be back in the booth for ESPN Plus this weekend. That's booked out of Bristol, folks. And uh, we've also got a little breaking news. Breaking news for uh, Sonny, as far as that's concerned, with the Navy game. So, boy, if that's not a tease, by golly, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Uh, Our Pirate Game Day countdown, we'll have plenty for you. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But Pirate Game Day countdown begins from uh, outside the Town Bank Tower, and it's going to be on Saturday at 3 o'clock with uh, coverage leading you into network coverage. Uh, We're going to have myself and the one and only uh, ECU legend, pirate football legend, as we like to say around these parts. Uh, The other thing we like to say uh, is uh, uh, Washington Pam Pack all-time great, and the legend there, and uh, NFL veteran Terrence Copper will be uh, on the show with me, our cast of dozens, as we uh, get you ready for the Pirates and Camels. Uh, Family weekend, I believe, that weekend. Uh, We'll uh, pick up coverage with the ECU Pirate Sports Radio Network at 5 o'clock. And uh, I'll be there with uh, David Horn, Marty Fear, Kevin Monroe, the Greenville native, and uh, the voice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles. We'll be uh, bringing that to you for uh, ECU and uh, ECU and uh, Campbell. And uh, that's when 107.9 WNCT will pick things up. So a full day of coverage, a full more day, as we like to say, of coverage uh, coming up Saturday between the Pirates and Camels as ECU looks to get over 500 on the year. Hey, we've got uh, a very, 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 very uh, special opportunity for you in a few minutes to win tickets to ECU Campbell. Pair of tickets will be given away. We got a final pair to uh, to go your way uh, tomorrow, uh, but a pair to uh, win. So stand by to dial for that. We'll also include a gift card to Chico's Mexican restaurant in Uptown Greenville. That's very good. We're big fans. Uh, I know Ben is especially of Coach Kim McNeil with uh, ECU women's basketball. 
They had a really cool event yesterday. They uh, added a draft pick. Here's Coach Kim McNeil. East Carolina University is drafting Anna Grace Pickett onto the women's basketball team. Anna Grace's strength and courage is an inspiration to the team. Anna Grace Pickett is seven years old, and she has type 1 diabetes. And uh, they had kind of a, a little draft press conference for her yesterday. Uh, the players with the Pirate team got to do some interview questions with their new teammate, if you will, Anna Grace. Uh, she got a jersey, number 11, and is now part of the Pirates team. That's just, that's really wonderful. Really, really heartwarming. And uh, that was that was pretty cool stuff. So good on Coach McNeil. We'll be talking to her soon enough. Also looking to catch it, looking forward to catching up with Coach Swartz as uh, we told you yesterday, doing great things out there on the recruiting trail. Uh, really jazzed for Pirate basketball, and uh, Cy and I will be back on the uh, plus call this season. So I'm excited about that. Honored to do that, and uh, obviously quite honored. Uh, and just looking forward to being around Cy Seymour. He's just one of my favorite people uh, on the planet. Um, I'm guessing that the American. And they'll do it on a Friday because that's <laughs> that's kind of how the American does things. Uh, I would wait. If they're going to do it this Friday, what I'm talking about is the ACC put out their basketball schedule yesterday for all the conference games. So now all the ACC games, you know, for the for anybody in the Atlantic Coast Conference, as it were, is, uh, is out. And, like, the American's going to usually – they're anywhere probably two or three days after uh, maybe the ACC does that. The American, and you'll start to see other conferences do it too, but the American, you know, is usually two or three days within that first one coming out of putting something out, maybe five, I don't know. But I, you can you can set your watch to the fact that they're going to do it on Friday, which, I mean, you always dump news you don't want to report on Friday in the news biz. So I don't know why on earth, They'll, I mean, if you're going to wait till Friday and you're the American to release your basketball schedule, and again, I don't know if they're doing this. I'm just basing this on histrionics, if I may invoke a little French. Uh, I, I think that they have uh, need to just wait till like Monday or Tuesday next week. And then you get a little more shine on it. It's what the ACC did. Schedule's not going anywhere. Why would you put it out on a Friday like the American traditionally has? Put it out on a Tuesday. If you're worried about getting swallowed up by the NFL monster on on Monday with uh, you know all of the Monday quarterbacking, Monday morning afternoon quarterbacking, put it out on Tuesday. It's not like the the schedule is going to change or anything's going to change about it. But I mean, AAC basketball is pretty darn good. Get it out there and kind of let it have a little bit of shine, like the ACC did yesterday. Uh, Duke will open their season against Jacksonville on the 7th, uh, but it was released yesterday that they will begin their year with Boston College in the ACC December 3rd. And then the Duke-UNC matchups will be February 4th uh, in Cameron Indoor Stadium, and then they'll head to Chapel Hill in the Dean Dome with the Blue Devils March 4th to wrap up the regular season. Uh, the Heels take on Virginia Tech in Blacksburg for their first conference game on December 4th. I'm surprised Somebody's head didn't roll over that. They have to open the conference on the road. Wow. Not the old ACC, I suppose, is it? Seahawks, Tar Heels, November 7th. Mark your calendar. And then the Wolfies 
we got a big state contingent that likes to listen to our show. And, you know, I love my Wolfpack friends. They will open their ACC play against Pitt at PNC Arena. Plenty of good seats will be available on December 2nd. The Wolfpack will host uh, the Blue Devils on January 4th. The two will play again in Cameron Indoor Stadium in late February, which I'm all for. And then the uh, Pack and Tar Heels will play January 21st in Chapel Thrill and then in Raleigh on the 19th of February. So a little bit of that info for you. Ben will go back over it for you coming up in the uh, update. Bottom of the hour, he'll have everything going on with the Panthers. Jay Sonny Sunalder will join us, so we've got that coming up uh, as well. I tell you what, uh, your chance to win a pair of ducats to the uh, ECU-Campbell game on Saturday night, 6 o'clock kick. And we'll also throw in a gift card to Chico's Mexican Restaurant, Uptown Greenville. If you are caller 5, as we go to break, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, 252-561-GAME, caller 5, a pair of tickets to uh, the ECU-Campbell game. You'll be a winner. Best of luck to you. We'll do a pirate report when we get back. Patrick Mornings, Adam Gold Middays, Patrick Johnson on the way home. The best sports talk lineup in the Pirate Nation is heard right here. Right, let's go. 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates and Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. Woo-hoo! More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU Campbell coming up on Saturday night, 6 o'clock, and uh, we get Mike Houston's opening statement from the uh, presser as uh, we begin things on the old uh, PR Pirate Report today. Good to be uh, back up here. Good weekend this past weekend. Uh, good to get, uh, get a win at home. Uh, good to get a win at home against a uh, very good opponent. Uh, Old Dominion obviously came into the game after a huge win over Virginia Tech. Uh, and so uh, quality uh, team we were facing. Uh, and uh, you know, good to be able to get a quality win. Um, you know, not, not overly excited about the way we played in the first half. Just thought, uh, you know, just weren't very sharp offensively, not the way we want to be. Uh, and uh, just... You know, really had uh, had too many errors right there, and uh, obviously, you know, had a couple of uh, big plays we gave up defensively that uh, you know kept Old Dominion in the ball game, and uh, you know that kind of you know just like would like to start off a, a lot better than that. Uh, I thought the kids played really hard, but I think we just got to continue to improve, uh, continue to sharpen up some things, and continue to get better. Um, you know, really pleased with the way we played the fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, be able to pull away. There, um, you know, wish we hadn't give up the cheap one uh, late on just uh, you know kid being too greedy, but uh, you know overall uh, good home win, uh, go to one and one on the year. Uh, really appreciate the the fan base and the enthusiasm that they had on Saturday night. Uh, it was good to have uh, you know in spite of the weather have a really solid crowd. Uh, they were very energetic, very into the ball game, uh, and I think that's 
you know, that's one of the, the great things that we're so fortunate with here at East Carolina is having a passionate fan base and just really appreciate them. So, Pirates held Old Dominion to negative yardage on the ground for a lot of the game. They only ended up with a uh, net of 15 uh, yards rushing, did the Monarchs. Mo- uh, Coach Houston, uh, most uh, excited about that. Well, I think that, uh, number one, is a big focus last week with a 1,000-yard rusher coming in here. Uh, I thought our defensive linemen did a really good job at the point of attack. Um, I thought the you know, linebackers were very conscientious with some, some things that we had in our scouting report. Uh, and I thought we did a really good job of uh, you know, fitting the run. Uh, I do think that uh, the way we defended the run helped us uh, with you know, getting them off the field. Uh, you know, for the most part, we gave up a, you know, a handful of big plays. And other than that, we played, uh, played pretty solid. So uh, it was a good night. Yes, indeed it was uh, for the Pirates with the 39-21 uh, win. And a lot of the reason they were so stout against the run was having a good defensive line rotation. Right. Uh, I think it's a strength. Uh, I think all those guys are playing uh, really well. It was great to see, you know, Chandra Mims have a, uh, you know, a, a great night the other night. You know, he had uh, played the run very well, had pressure on the quarterback multiple times, uh, had the strip sack uh, that resulted in the, the fumble recovery by J.D. Lampley that uh, set up Rajay's touchdown there in the second half. So uh, it's great to have you know, a lot of guys playing at a high level allows us to stay fresh right there. Uh, you know, we're going to need that this Saturday against a line of the size uh, that Campbell has. It's our Pirate Report and uh, Coach Houston, uh, a little bit of what we heard earlier about the prep for Campbell. Uh, they're a good football team. Uh, I could care less which classification we are or they are. They're a good football team. And that's the big thing. Uh, you know, we've got to have a great week of practice. And look, you, you have to look no further than Mike Houston bringing a, an FCS team, of course, probably the best one in the country at the time, best program in the country at the time at that level, and, and one of the best in college football, to be quite frank, uh, in here and beating uh, ECU. A&T came in and beat ECU. Now, that's a different era, different coaching staff that you know obviously had its problems. East Carolina University. But, uh, you know, look, Pirates struggled last year with Charleston Southern, who was just kind of a meh team. And I think a lot of it was they weren't fired up. So I, I imagine the message will be driven home this week about the intensity. Uh, Coach Houston on uh, correcting mistakes after a win versus having to correct them after a loss. Something coaches love. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the plus. And I, I told the kids that is, you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to clean up mistakes after a win than after a loss. You know, you sit here after a loss and the mistakes crucify you because – I mean, it's just like the, the first game. I mean, it just they just haunt you. Uh, these, we got to get them cleaned up because if you don't get them cleaned up, they're going to bite you in the rear end. But we're cleaning them up after a win, and that's uh, I'll take that any day of the week. We uh, are in the midst of our uh, pirate report. Couple more comments here from uh, Coach Houston. Uh, lots of playmakers for the Pirates. In fact, uh, this is the last Mike Houston cut we've got. He uh, talked about that as a big, 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 big benefit for this group. Well, I think it's, you know, I had confidence in those guys before we played our first game just because I've watched them play all preseason. So it's good to see them make those plays on game day. Um, now everybody else understands, you know, what my excitement level was during preseason camp. Uh, so, but it, I mean, it is, it, it's, it's, it, it ends up being a deal where, you know, you don't have just one guy and, uh, you know, you have multiple guys that are uh, being productive. Uh, you know, the great thing is they're also being unselfish. Um, you know, I'm going to challenge them this week. We've got to do a better job blocking on the perimeter uh, and taking care of that facet of, the, uh, of our performance. 
but I do think that they're continuing to build confidence in each other, uh, and certainly conf- everybody else is gaining confidence in them as well. Pirates, Camels, coming your way on uh, Saturday night at 6 o'clock. Uh, give a shout to the uh, ECU soccer team. They'll open American play tomorrow uh, at SMU. The game will be played at 8 Eastern. You can stream it on ESPN+. Plus. Pirates uh, moved their unbeaten streak to six straight with a victory over Florida last time out 2-1. That's pretty cool. It was the fourth program win over the uh, so-called P5 as Carson Parker recorded another brace, including the game-winning goal off of a free kick in the 85th minute. Uh, With that win over Florida... Coach Higgins Bunch getting six votes in the latest United Soccer Coaches poll. And it marks the first time in program history that the Pirates have received top 25 votes. Uh, They're just 17 points behind as Pirate Soccer, 17 points behind BYU. And uh, they're joined by conference foe number 19 SMU and receiving votes out of the American Athletic Conference. It's good stuff. Good stuff. We get to get Coach Higgins in sometime. Uh, may do that. And Ben may, you may be sitting in, Ben, on some shows next week with the, my schedule. It's just uh, insane right now. And, uh, yeah, just in an order to get everything else I got to get done done, uh, we, we may have to have Ben sit in because I've got morning show host duties and got a few other things next week going on. Uh, and this has just been a wild week this week, has. So, uh, just trying to, trying to, trying to make it through, but aren't we all right? Aren't we all, uh, Sonny Sunholder will be with us coming up here in just a bit. Uh, in fact, stick and stay for that. We'll be joined by, uh, the dreamy Jay Sunholter, ESPN college football analyst, ECU, uh, tight end previously and, uh, worked with us for years on our game day coverage of the pirates on Radio before you became a high-paid, high-flying TV star. Right now, Ben Byram standing by with a 94-3 The Game update. Thanks, Patrick. Special shout-out to our winner of the two tickets, the ECU versus Campbell and the Chico's gift card, and Brett from Greenville. Congratulations, Brett. In the meantime, East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston talking about Saturday's non-conference contest versus Campbell. Uh, they're a good football team. Uh, I can care less which classification we are. They are. They're a good football team. And that's the big thing. Uh, you know, we've got to have a great week of practice. ECU defensive back Jaira Wilson on contending with a mobile quarterback, which the Camels have, and their program's all-time passing leader and Haj Malik Williams. I'm going to challenge you, create the challenge of you have to be more disciplined within your pass rush lanes. You can't leave too many gaps. You can't get too far off the field. And as far as for the, uh, the the back end of the defense, you just have to stay disciplined and guard your receivers until the end of the whistle. Even as the quarterback scrambles, you have to find a guy matching, blast him if you're in zone, get deep when he scrambles, stay in your zone, just little things like that, stay disciplined. Former Pirate tight end Jason Holder on the call for ESPN Plus at 6 o'clock for ECU versus Campbell this Saturday. He'll join us on the other side of this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. ECU women's basketball added a draft pick Tuesday. ECU head women's basketball coach Kim McNeil on the draft pick. East Carolina University is drafting Anna Grace Pickett onto the women's basketball team. 
Anna Grace's strength and courage is an inspiration to the team. Anna Grace Pickett is a seven-year-old who has type 1 diabetes. The players got to do some interview questions with their new teammate. Anna Grace given a jersey, number 11, to be part of the Pirates team. The Panthers are making several roster moves on their week one loss to the Browns. The team placed wide receiver and kick returner Andre Roberts on injured reserve. After suffering a knee injury, he's expected to miss considerable time. The team also released kicker Taylor Bertola and signed tight end Josh Babizic. Babix? Either way, he's a bum. Carolina also waived linebacker Isaiah Graham Mobley from injured reserve. Duke announced on their basketball schedule the ACC released their full conference schedule yesterday. And the Blue Devils will host Boston College on December 3rd. The team will host rival UNC on February 4th and then travel to Chapel Hill for their last game of the season on March 4th. Duke begins their regular season on November 7th against Jacksonville. The Tar Heels take on Virginia Tech and Blacksburg in their first conference game on de- December 4th. UNC begins their regular season on November 7th against UNCW. NC State will open ACC play on December 2nd against Pitt at home. The Wolfpack hosts Duke on January 4th. They'll play Duke again in Cameron Indoor Stadium in late February. The Pack and Tar Heels play January 21st in Chapel Hill and then in Raleigh on the 19th of February. NASCAR driver Kyle Busch has announced plans to leave Joe Gibbs racing next season to join up with the Richard Childress team. Busch will be driving the number 8 Chevrolet in 2023, ending a 15-year career with JGR over a contract dispute. Bush holds the record for the most wins in a Toyota across all three championship series. This 94th through the game sports update was brought to you by Team Boneyard. Team Boneyard is an initiative launched by EC alumni, donors, fans, and former athletes and designed to help facilitate NIL opportunities for ECU student athletes in a safe and compliant way. Team Boneyard provides fans with a platform to donate and compensate current ECU student athletes for the use of their name, image, and likeness. 100% of your contribution to Team Boneyard will go to NIL opportunities for current ECU student athletes. For more info and to donate, visit teamboneyard.org. Jay Sunholder, he'll be on the call for ECU versus Campbell this Saturday on ESPN+. He'll be on the other side joining the P-Man on this quick timeout after this quick timeout here on the Patrick Johnson Show. And Pirates. Play there. Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put its pants. This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Like us on Facebook for breaking sports stories and the latest from around the Pirate Nation. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. That's 94.3 The Game's Facebook page. Like us and follow us there today. The midweek edition of your Patrick Johnson show as uh, we are welcoming to our phone line now our dear friend Jay Sonny Sunholder. He's with us on Friday. We got in middle of the week this week. Sonny is uh, going to be on the call uh, in the booth with uh, ESPN Plus this uh, Saturday for ECU and Campbell and everyone a little breaking news for you. Sonny's going to be in the booth for the Navy game for ESPN plus. Look at that. A Patrick Johnson show exclusive. Sonny, how are you? My, 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 my man, my lad, my buddy. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm so, uh, so excited to be down this weekend. I think it's gonna be a really fun game against Campbell in East Carolina. And then uh, we'll be back in two weeks too. So 
It'll be good to be back in Dowdy Sicklin, and uh, hopefully there won't be any rain for the tailgaters. <sighs> no, the weather's supposed to be uh, gorgeous on Saturday. Hey, uh, by the way, my man, uh, the Mad Hatter of Moorhead City, says he's going to drop you a text, Chris Hill, and uh, he, he's going to try to catch you going into the stadium on Saturday. Perfect. Hope, hope to see him. I'm giving you fair warning on that. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Sonny, you, uh, you, you know quite a bit about Campbell. You've actually done a lot of big South television, and, and for a couple of years you did some of their radio games. Uh, so uh, I think you're re- pretty well uh, informed to talk about Campbell in particular. So, I mean, two teams that you really know well. Uh, so – this is kind of a, a, a unique situation for you in a way, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, it's. It, I think it's going to be a really interesting game, a fun game. And uh, East Carolina, you know, played really well last week and dominated in the second half and, uh, you know, beat a good Old Dominion team. So I'm excited to see them, you know, week three of the season, the continued improvements ECU has made from the NC State game. And then, with Campbell, I mean, to start off with Mike Minner, um, the the program that he's built the past 10 years, I mean, he's moved them from the Pioneer Football League non-scholarship to scholarship, and then they're going to be in the CAA next year. So there's been massive strides with the Campbell program. They've got the number one recruiting class in the FCS. They're ahead of Jackson State. So right. they've been recruiting phenomenally. And then they've got five guys on their team that the NFL scouts are looking at. So this is a talented group, and they've got a lot of really good young players, but also veterans. So there's a lot of fun matchups I can't wait to see on Saturday. They've got a massive – the Camels have a massive offensive line, and their two tackles are enormous. And they're good players, too. I mean, th- these guys are both seniors, two of the guys that the NFL are looking at, and then they've got a tight end as well, Julian Hill, that's the NFL guy. So – two tackles and a tight end, you know, up front, they they feel really strongly in that group because they've got veterans up there that have that much talent. And it's going to be a situation where you try to find a way to get Julian Hill to tight end the ball as much as possible. And then with those two tackles, you hope that you can protect their quarterback. If you're Campbell, Haj Malik Williams, who's the offensive quarterback, um, that is all a big South conference coming back this year. Really good player. So they've got guys with experience and talent. You've had a chance to kind of catch these teams up close uh, and really look at them. I know you spent a lot of time with Mike Houston last week. You spent some time with uh, Mike Minter this week. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's an interesting uh, coaching matchup, I think. Two guys that probably have a lot in common and are kind of cut from the same cloth in a lot of ways. Um just give me, I know we've talked about it, but you've gotten you've gotten to know Coach a little bit here in the last little bit, Coach Houston. Uh, g- talk about these two coaches a little bit, uh, Sonny, and, and the kind of you know guys that uh, you think they are as far as leaders and, and guys running uh, the CEOs of, of two football programs. Well, first of all, they're great guys. I mean, it's so much fun to talk with them on our calls. When we prepare for the game, we have an opportunity to talk to them on, on calls and the coordinators as well, so... You know, you get an opportunity to get to know them and what's going on in the game, but also you get a, just a chance to talk with them. And, and first of all, great people. The second thing is leadership. Um, you know, they have an opportunity to impact their team on and off the field, and these guys really do a great job with, you know, setting examples with discipline, work ethic, and how they want the team to look on the field, but also holding them you know, to a high standard off the field. So 
I'm just so impressed by both of them. And if you're a player, you're lucky to play for Mike Houston or Mike Minner. Um, I really feel, I really feel strongly for kids when you have an experience to go to college that you have a great experience with someone that you can learn so many life lessons from. And with, with Coach Minner and Coach Houston, two of the best that I've ever had an opportunity to talk to. I'm just so impressed by them. And, you know, and, and they're having a lot of success on the field as well. Jay, Sonny Sunhalder will be on the ESPN uh, Plus call this week for uh, ECU and Campbell. Six o'clock. Uh, our coverage begins at three o'clock with our Pirate Game Day countdown for Bushlight uh, outside the, ti- the Town Bank Tower. Terrence Copper and myself will have uh, coverage before we begin uh, radio network coverage. Hey, give me a little bit of an idea, uh, if you will, Sonny, about. Um, you know what? How how you kind? Because you, you've been watching, like me, you've been watching Holt Naylor's seven or eight years. Um, you've been kind of impressed with his play. You were really impressed with his play after we talked after the game uh, on Saturday. Um, so, h- how has he evolved in your mind? Well, I, I think the number one thing when you look at quarterback is, is toughness and leadership, or two things: toughness and leadership, and. You know, Holton is very tough, and the whole team rallies behind him, and his leadership is important for the program. And I think that him protecting the football, him getting the ball out wide to all these different playmakers ECU has, whether it's in the backfield or the tight ends, wide receivers. I mean, there's so many different talented players we have, but also, too, you know, these teams are trying to take away certain aspects of the offense. So on him, I really noticed his ability to go to the second and third read and really stay patient in the pocket against Old Dominion. He hung in there. They were, they were blitzing, and uh, his ability to maybe go to the next read or flip his eyes from the right to the left and find the open man was really evident to me, and he's just continued to improve. And, you know, I expect him week in, um, you know, every week to continue to improve. And, you know, he's already uh, got so many records. He's in the record books, but he's going to continue to climb up the charts. Is it Haj Malik Williams? Is that how that is? Uh, yeah. yeah, Haj Malik yeah. Williams uh, for the, the fifth-year quarterback for Campbell um, and a first-team Big South preseason selection. Uh, what, what can you tell us about this young man, Sonny? He's really talented, and he's, he's the guy, if you do not keep him in the pocket, he's going to burn you with his legs. And quarterback draws, that's another area you see defense is going to have to look out for. Um, he is extremely accurate with the football. Last week they went against a really good William and Mary defense and, um, it was a challenging defense and, and, you know, similar tests they're going to have against East Carolina's defense. Very challenging. But this is a quarterback that can run, can throw. You talk about dual threat quarterbacks. I mean, that's Hodge Malik Williams. He, he can do both. Um, you know, the challenge is going to be for them, you know, can they protect up front? for East Carolina and give him time to throw or give him running lanes to run through. We've got Jay Sonny Sunholder. Uh, I think the old Dominion game for East Carolina kind of went how I thought it would uh, go as far as the score. It just took ECU a little bit of a uh, maybe the scenic route to get there. Um, they busted it open. To me, you know, obviously, and they dominated the time of possession, so that helped. But it just seemed like, you know, they kept gearing up for finally – Keaton Mitchell to pop that run that was sort of the uh, the backbreaking run against uh, Old Dominion. What what did you notice uh, about that running game? And you know the offensive line did have some issues 
Uh, well, sacks were given up. I think I think Ehlers may be holding on to the ball a little too long at times early. But uh, just from that standpoint, the conditioning and the commitment to to you know staying dedicated to the run for they finally broke one. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think Old Dominion's defense is really good. I mean, they have some outstanding players on that side, and they were selling out to try to stop the run and, and the blitz. I mean, they were loading the box up, so it, it was going to be tough. I think the thing that was really stood out for me was in the first half was the time of possession, the length of the drives. And, you know, I know East Carolina hadn't broken through, you know, necessarily on the ground and stretched the lead out like they did in the second half. But at the halftime break, I was like, they're going to, you know, the Pirates are going to win the second half because they're wearing down Old Dominion. And, you know, the second half, they completely, you know, ran away with it because of the domination with time possession, just continuing to stay balanced on offense. And that was a big thing. I mean, the run in the past was very close to 50-50, so it kept their defense on their heels. But I was just impressed with how they continued to run the ball and finally they broke through and, the the conditioning to me was something that was you know, you could see who was the better conditioned team and it was the Pirates. Yeah, um, Jay, what is the uh, you know Mike Houston? Uh, this is what you want if you're a coach. You want to win the game, but you want to have plenty of things to coach to. So he feels like there's still some areas that need a little uh, improving. Uh, you know, let's that analytical standpoint for you, what have you seen from this team that, you know, they need to, uh, to tighten up on a little bit going into the Campbell game. And then ultimately, uh, in a couple weeks going into the, uh, conference opener. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's always things you can improve on, even though there are so many great things, the last ball game. I mean, what I would say is, you know, the field goal, the extra point, uh, protection with the two block kicks. Um, you know, I know, I know that's, going to be addressed but that's an area that they've got to shore up is protecting for Owen Daffer and then also too I mean they shut down the running game Blake Watson they shut down Zach Koontz the tight end but there was some big plays with Ali Jennings the wide receiver so that's an area you know you want to you want to make sure you you improve on so you don't give up the big plays but those are the two main ones you know maybe on offense the first half you know protection even though they're blitzing you know, get off to a better start there. But, I mean, there were so many positives in that ball game too. It's a win-win situation because you win the ball game, but there's noticeable things that you can, you know, give attention to the team that, hey, we need to fix these areas and we need to continue to get better every day at practice. Pirate tight end at one time. IBX media broadcaster. Superstar now. ESPN college football analyst. I can't believe he slums it on the radio show with me anymore. It's just hard to believe. And uh, Sonny and I are working together on Friday night for the Friday Night Rival Series. Antonio King, who had a well, probably a little more than a cup of coffee in Greenville, he might have had the meal, uh, was on one of Scotty Moe's uh, staffs. We'll see. He's at South Garner now, replacing the former Conley coach, Daniel Finn. And they take on the venerable Thurman Leach. Uh, that grandfatherly figure and the Garner Trojans and their tradition-rich uh, program uh, on Friday night. 7.30, special late time, Sonny. I don't know if I can make it up that late. That is extremely late. <laughs> we just just drink some coffee, Red Bull, whatever it takes, and uh, we'll have a good game Friday. 
going to overtime. <laughs> yeah. My luck, we probably will go into like eight of them. Um, you know, you, you obviously have been uh, on the call of games the last uh, couple of weekends. We'll have a couple of weekends more and, and hopefully more beyond that. Let me ask you this. When you look at, um, you know, you got some situations where FCS teams, I think our pal Rini and Golia put maybe something like six FCS teams have beaten FBS teams so far this year. Um, you see what Appalachian State did at A&M, Marshall at Notre Dame, what happened at Nebraska with Georgia Southern. Uh, you know, it's kind of, we, we had uh, on a game where you were out in Kansas for the worldwide leader, uh, Joe Simmons, who was the uh, great running back in a, at Central and then a, a broadcaster, uh, high school and college football, uh, kind of put an interesting piece of social media out, and that is, you know, all these kids who have now hit the portal who were maybe buried on a bench somewhere, you know, they go somewhere else. In some cases, they may go, I won't say down a level, but you might go from, a, you know, the so-called P5 to the so-called G5 or something of that nature. You might go from a, a you know, lower FBS to an FCS situation. You know, you get what I'm saying. In other words, it right. seems like there's a little more scattered talent out there right now. Well, I, th- I think... You know, I think there's always been upsets, but I think, you know, maybe now, maybe more the reason maybe that may be true or, or also too, I mean, there's just so many teams, whether it's F, you know, FBS or FCS, there's guys that are moving. So, yeah. you know, there may be teams where guys haven't been st- together for three, four, five years or two years. You know, there's guys that are coming in that this is their first game with the new program. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, that, I mean, I think that is part of it, you know, whether it's more talent going to FCS or sw- switching up that, you know, whatever it may be, that certainly may be a factor. But I think also too, you know, teams maybe have, you know, an opportunity for upsets, um, you know, or to beat certain teams because of, you know, their, their ability to, to kind of come together quicker. So I think it's a different case in any situation, but I mean, with that Appalachian state, Texas A&M game, I mean, that's, that's just wild. Some of those upsets. All right, I'm going to ask you something a little off the beaten path. You're used to my off the beaten path questions. Um, so you, in knowing you all these years in our uh, lengthy love hate relationship, um, you one thing you are very consistent in is when it comes to football culture. And it seems like a bit of an odd question, but I mean that that's another part of this too, isn't it? I mean, you you could tell from just going around the country dealing with all kinds of who's got a good culture and who has not such a great culture, can't you? Right. Yeah, you, you can tell. To me, I, I can tell within 10 minutes of watching a team, you can just tell by penalties, by effort, by alignment, you know, whatever it is, you can tell very quickly. Why is that important? Um, I think that's like the number one thing is culture because um, it's it all starts with discipline. It starts with leadership. It starts with, you know, how things are done. If everyone's believing and going the right direction, because football is a game that's tough. I mean, practices are tough. It's tough once it gets cold. You know, if the team's on a couple game losing streak, how are you going to rebound? You know, it's a, it's a game of getting knocked down and getting back up and facing adversity. And if everyone is in a positive mindset, a positive, you know, program or positive culture and, 
you know, you have all those qualities and structure, then you're going to respond to adversity. When things are tough, you're going to find a way. If you're not, then everyone may go their separate ways. And, and football reveals a lot about character. And if you have a strong structure to it, then you can grow stronger. If you don't, then, then, you know, teams will, will fold. And that's why you see some teams, you know, when, when things get tough, they're talented, but they just fold and they don't have the type of season they're hoping to have. Yeah. Well, Sonny, I am uh, thrilled for you. You got uh, short trips the next couple of uh, weeks, starting uh, Saturday night, Campbell at ECU, and then uh, the conference opener, Navy at ECU. Navy has the off week this week, so they are guaranteed to come in winless into Greenville. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of goes. Second year in a row that the uh, mids have gone uh, uh, 0-2, so... um, the start of season, so we'll see how that uh, that goes. But it seems like no matter what kind of Navy team it is, they always give East Carolina fits. Well, we, I played against Navy, and they were—I mean, it was unbelievable how hard they played, and their their offense is tough to defend. So, you know, no matter what their record is, they are going to be playing hard. <laughs> They're going to be cut blocking up front. I mean, they are. They are uh, a very tough team to prepare for, so that'll be a challenge um, in two weeks. And you know, e- each game presents its own challenges. But uh, East Carolina looked really good against Old Dominion, but uh, you know, Campbell Campbell's coming in, and they have they have a lot of talented players. Sonny, good to talk to you. We'll see you uh, on uh, Friday night, and uh, looking forward to catching up with you maybe for a few minutes on Saturday too. Yes, yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having me. I like that, sir. Now let's stick to that on everything <laughs> we do. That's very. I like that a lot. That's <laughs> that. Let's stick with that level of respect. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, Sonny. Uh, I think I. I think I perplexed Sonny there with some of my questions. I might have perplexed myself with some of the questions. There. We will be back to wrap it up after this. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Campbell this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Properties Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. It's we are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. I know, it would have been the right time to do that. I know, I know. We'll, We'll just... I don't know. We'll figure out a hold my beer for later. I mean, the, the problem is all of my hold my beer is all stuff that nobody, it's, it's not anything for like the ethos and public consumption. Well, I mean, you have a point, but uh, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. Yes. Soon. I promise. 
Uh, welcome back. Uh, my guy TJ Long dropping me text messages here. Good to uh, hear from from him. Good to hear from you, stranger, on the text. Uh, so the uh, not-so-anonymous text line with TJ Long uh, says, uh, well, he was telling me about <laughs> uh, our guy Ricky Cobb, who's Super 70 Sports, uh, not safe for the little ears, but if, uh, you know, he puts up just the the greatest, you know, Twitter. He's Twitter funny. And he's pretty funny, too. We've interviewed him a couple times, but he's Twitter funny for sure. And uh, check it out, at Super 70 Sports, if you're if you're not on Twitter. You're foolish if you have not. But um, he put up a video. I guess Bob Knight used to have, you know, he had the Bob Knight Coaches Show, but he had a show where he would do, like, you know, like fishing or golf tutorials. That was the one. There's the golf. There's a Bob Knight golf show or series of like old VHS Bob Knight golf tips out there. Hell if I know. But uh, there's one now up at Super Seventy Sports that was put. I saw it last night, and it was it's again it's hilarious because it's Bob Knight screwing up golf shots with outtakes. So you can imagine. But uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> It is uh, not not anything you want. It, it, it's it's PG. It's rated R. Let's just say. Let's just say that. Um. Also, TJ tweeting that he thought it was cool the way fans cheered for Owen Daffer. Yeah, and, and that I pointed it out. Well, thank you for thanking me for pointing it out. But I look. That's on Pirate Nation. I think everybody was classy with Owen Daffer uh, hitting that little chip shot the other day. I thought that was a good thing. I really did. Um, I was going to look at a few of the games going on around the uh, American and uh, some of the college football slate this weekend. Uh, Cincinnati actually is going to Miami of Ohio for a nooner. Actually, you're going to play it at Paycor Stadium in Cincinnati. So there you go. That Okay, that didn't make any sense at first, but reading is fundamental, and after checking it out, that's the deal there. Uh, they're going to uh, – it's a Miami of Ohio home game, but it's going to be at the uh, at the Bengals Stadium in Cincy. Uh, Temple will host Rutgers. That could be interesting. Rutgers rallied in week one to beat BC, and the Scarlet Knights are 2-0 and because they hammered listless Wagner last time. So we'll see. That, that could, could be trouble for Temple or it could be a big uh, watershed moment for the Owls and what might be a tough season. Uh, I'm intrigued by Kansas State playing host to Tulane. That'll be a 3 o'clock kick from uh, the Little Apple on Saturday. Uh, Kansas at Houston. Houston coming off uh, a double overtime loss to Texas Tech, who's playing against NC State this weekend. And then uh, they needed overtime in week one to beat Texas San Antonio Did Houston. And beat them 37-35. Kansas is 2-0 for the first time in something like 12 or 14 seasons. Of course, the 6 o'clock game is Campbell ECU. Uh, 7 o'clock games. Got three of those in the American on Saturday. Tulsa hosting Jacksonville State. Uh, Jacksonville State, easy for me to say. Roadkill there. Uh, Memphis hosting Arkansas State. South Florida at number 18. Florida, as Steve Logan would say, roadkill. That's actually a 7-30 game. There's three 7-30 games. SMU at Maryland, uh, as uh, you got in that one, a couple of uh, 2-0 teams. Smew and the Twerps. Sorry, Tom Lamprecht. And then uh, 
UCF on Saturday night will travel to Florida Atlantic down in Boca Raton. That's an outgoing member of the AAC and an incoming member of the AAC. Uh, elsewhere, some games of interest. A lot of uh, pretty interesting matchups this weekend in the top 25. Uh, 13th ranked Miami gets their first real test against Texas A&M, who dropped from 6 to 24 after losing to the Happy Appies. Uh, number 12, Brigham Young skyrocketed up the charts with a rocket, with a bullet point, whatever they used to say in Top 40 radio, uh, when uh, they beat Baylor. So now they're 3-0 and against uh, Oregon, who is uh, somehow in the top 25. Number one, Georgia has an interesting battle against Spencer Rattler and uh, South Cackalack. Number six, Oklahoma travels to Nebraska in the wake of Scott Frost's firing. Baylor uh, against uh, Texas State. Baylor's number 17. Utah faces its first FBS opponent since losing to Florida in the opener. Pittsburgh travels to Western Michigan. Pitt's number 23. They lost to Tennessee. Penn State, 22nd, hopes to close the door on Auburn this weekend. Oklahoma, 15-point favorite at Nebraska. Oregon's a a 3.5-point favorite at home. Michigan State and Washington's a pick Uh, The U.S. six-and-a-half-point favorite, Fresno, a 14-point dog at number seven, uh, USC. This is all for entertainment purposes only. Uh, South Carolina, a 25-and-a-half-point dog against Georgia. Bama, a 49-point favorite at home against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, Ohio Ohio State is number three, and they're a 31-and-a-half-point favorite against Holy Toledo. Clemson, a 31-point favorite at home against La Tech. Uh, State, number 16 in the polls, eight-point favorite at home in a sellout crowd as they'll take on Texas Tech. Uh, and uh, just say, yeah, Wake Forest is uh, going to host Liberty, Wake number 19. They are number, uh, they're a 16-point favorite in uh, that one. And uh, Texas San Antonio is at now number 21, Texas. They're a two-touchdown dog going into Austin. So uh, just some interesting stuff for the Lions this weekend. All right, uh, Great show today. Thanks to Jay Sonny Sunalder for being on with us. Ben Byram and Mississippi, great job back at the uh, Radio Ranch. And uh, I'll be uh, back with you tomorrow and Jim Zoki for a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Have a good rest of your evening.